Well, welcome to the Beautiful and Believable Podcast. Drew Dodson here. Glad you're back. Thanks for listening in. And today I have a, a relatively new friend, uh, Jeff Minton. I've known Jeff now for, gosh, oh, six months or more. Uh, as we have interacted around the podcast, uh, as we have had some conversations uh, in the webinars that we've done. And I was intrigued by uh, Jeff uh, because this is the story of a man engaged in ministry and in nonprofit work. And suddenly, uh, and we'll let him tell the story, of course, but almost accidentally, uh, providentially, finding himself running a very successful small business, a pizzeria. Uh, so Jeff Minton from uh, New Albany, Indiana, welcome to the Beautiful and Believable Podcast, buddy. Thanks, Drew. We appreciate that. Yep. Yep. And, uh, glad, yeah, it was, glad you're uh, here. It, it's, a, it's a weird thing. You know, we didn't, ex- <laughs> well, you know, when you open any business, you don't really know. I mean, you're just kind of kicking the doors open <laughs> and, and sitting out, uh, stepping out on faith. So that's kind of how yep. we do it. Yep. I do have a funny story um, that's not Don't about me per, per se, but uh, I work with Domino's. I, I, was a, I am a retired franchisee. And um, anyway, back in huh. the day, there was a very successful, um, hang on, like Mittens, uh, our little cat just joined us. Um, so th- <laughs> there was a very successful franchisee, and, and he uh, opened what he thought was going to be his premier store. Uh, literally, he thought, you know, okay. man, I'm just going to kick the doors open, and we are going <laughs> to just tear it up. And uh, so this is him telling the story, and he said that day, um, they kicked it open. They had, I think, 20 people on staff ready to go, and the entire day they sold one <laughs> Pepsi. So they made 50 cents on that first day. So not a great start. (laughs) Yeah. Knowing that story. Now he had, you know, multiple, I mean, he had multiple States, that kind of stuff. So I, I, that was kind of how, what our mindset was was like, you know, we may kick this open and, you know, God will bless us if we do 50 cents. (laughs) Now he didn't. You know what I love about that? It's a, that's a funny, sad story, but, uh, yeah. I was uh, interviewing, talking with uh, John Dingler the other day out of uh, Tampa, mm-hmm. yep. and he was making the case, and I was cheering him on, that really, if you're one of those folks, and I know we have a lot of uh, Christians and clergy listening in who wondered about starting a business, uh, serving their community that way, uh, John was just saying, hey, the first thing to do is find out if you've got something worth selling that people will actually buy. Don't, yeah. don't spend three years designing a logo only to find mm-hmm. out you can't all you're going to sell is one Pepsi. <laughs> right, right. That's a great yeah, story. That, that's the truth. And I think that's where, you know, for me, uh, my background, um, you know, I knew uh, that we could make a good pizza. And it really, it was, uh, uh-huh. you know, getting back to our story a little bit. Um, and I think I'd said this in maybe the podcast or the uh, other thing that we did, the cohort. Um, the you know, we, yep. yeah, the webinar. Uh, we, um, we had to figure out a way to pay our bills. And so when we moved to the 8th Street location, the original location, you know, we were trying to figure that out. And we stumbled upon uh, this little pizza oven and uh, we began in earnest just doing a sort of uh, fish fry mentality. And we, we started making pizzas on Friday nights to raise a little cash. I now, see. Um, to raise a little know, cash that, for the nonprofit work. Right, right. And so it got good to people. And I mean, we kept getting bigger and bigger. And, and you know, the folks uh, there in the community said, like, you need to be open like more. And so we ended up being open like for one mm-hmm. dinner 
one lunch and then open all day and, and evening on Fridays. So 16 hours a week is how we started, and it began okay. to grow. Then we had to buy a make line, and okay. we had to buy multiple pizza ovens, and then on and on and on. And i tell you what happened. It was a, it was a very God moment thing. We got picked up uh, by um, a, a social media person, local, and she did a little story about us, and that caused our local um, TV affiliates to pick us up, okay. and they all began to do stories on us. Okay. And then Ooh, what happened, it hit, yeah, and then it hit uh, MSN, picked us up re- regionally, so the story went out on the wire, and the next thing we know, Bobby Bones and his national uh, radio show was doing a segment on us. So that, <laughs> no you know, kidding. We, yeah, we did not spend a nickel. Uh, on that, uh, but you know we were we were what blessed incredibly, yeah. And so that was really wow. how we made our name. Now you know it comes back to you know and, and your whoever was uh, I don't know if it was the guys in Tampa, but talking about you know not doing the logo or whatever. Uh, we mm-hmm. knew that we mm-hmm. could make a good pizza, and uh, we knew exactly okay. what you know we you know we kiddingly say to everyone we're snobby about a couple things at the. It's a shop, and that's coffee and pizza. Uh, so <laughs> we knew exactly what we wanted our pizza to taste taste like, and so it was. It's authentic okay. New York style, and uh, if you make it right, you know uh, you you're onto something. And uh, so we had some that's recipes um, that uh, some you know developed in our kitchen at home, and then some you know uh-huh. we we knew and that kind of stuff, and so. Uh, I think that probably the number one thing is whether it's a pizza shop or coffee shop or whatever, it might, it doesn't have to be any of that. You know, uh, Bob Lupton down in Atlanta, they, they started off with their, um, you know, making money doing like opening a bike shop or, or whatever, you know, you had the talent to do, um, grocery stores, obviously in underserved communities, that's a, that's a huge thing. There's no. Um, you food know, deserts, right? Food deserts, exactly. And and when mm-hmm. we opened the ministry originally, you know, we were in the middle, in the heart of a food desert. Uh, you know, and, mm. and think about this too. You know, and that's what you know. We're very blessed that we can just get in the car and go, you know, to Kroger or whatever our local uh, grocery is. But these folks have to catch a bus, maybe have a couple kids in tow. Yep. And they're trying to carry yep. this stuff back, you know. And I mean, it's just a mess. Yep, you got to transport so, it. It's mm-hmm. a it's yep. a mess. Yeah. Oh, so, okay. Now, okay. So I've learned but, something already about you. I didn't know. I want to back up a minute here. Sure. Uh, I did not know you were a Domino's pizza franchisee. Uh, yep. Was twenty five years? Were you a bivocational min? Twenty five years. Were you bivocational ministry at the time, or just a, you know just doing yeah. business as a franchisee? What were you doing? Yeah. Yeah, it was in my young life. <laughs> it was yeah, uh, from the yeah. time so, I got I got a job when I was 19 years old, um, and yeah. uh, it was Derby Week, 1980, and then I yeah. I retired 20 years later, and then came I uh, got pulled back out of retirement a couple times for franchise friends of mine uh, to run their store, help okay. open their store, that kind of stuff, and and then the last yeah, couple okay. years has been our own little gig. Well, so, so how'd you go from being a, fr- a franchisee running a business to handing out clean socks? Tell us that story a little bit. 
Well, that one's a very personal one, um, and, and I love the mm-hmm. story. Uh, you know, I spoke about my dad uh, on the last uh, podcast a little bit. You know, him being the church treasurer, but mm-hmm. he was uh, he was yep. a, a picker. He retired at fifty five from Dupont, so he had a long part okay. of his life that he was retired, and and he just liked to piddle around. And his thing was the art of the deal, and so he was uh, a picker okay. before that was even a word. Um, you know, so he loved to go to mm-hmm. flea markets and, and wheel and deal, you know, and he yep, got great yep, satisfaction yep, yep, over yep. a 50 cent item, getting it for a quarter or whatever. Yep. And, uh, right, so what right, we didn't, right. we didn't realize that he would save up his, his earnings throughout the year. And he had an old beat up church van, literally. Uh, I mean, it was about a okay. 78, had a V8 in it and it got about, you know, three miles to the gallon and and probably more oil than you know w- was allowed but anyway he had that thing stuffed full and so every year he would go down to Appalachia and um, hmm. now we didn't know any of this um, and he would basically fulfill their needs list on whatever nonprofit or church was down there that needed stuff and he was in contact with some of those folks oh, okay. so Right. After he passed away, you know, I, I'm an only child, so mom and I were were um, putting, you know, doing all that stuff you do, you know, after someone passes. And yes. the phone rang, and I happened to be there, and and so you know, I heard the conversation, and you know, I said to her, I was like, well, "What was that all about?" And she said, she kind of got teary eyed, and she said, "Well," and she referred to my dad as daddy. Uh, had been going hmm. down to this place and named the place, and that was the executive director. And he was just calling uh, to offer his condolences and tell us ha- how much you know my dad meant to them. Wow. So we started that nonprofit as an homage to him. We were going to do it one time, uh, two thousand seven. Okay, two thousand seven. Uh, okay. Yep. And so we we raised uh, five hundred and eleven pa- clean pairs of socks. And uh, I think it was $200 for the healing place in Louisville, which is a fantastic drug okay. recovery, homeless ministry thing. Okay. And, in Louisville, uh, Kentucky, just across yep. the river over there. Yep. yep. Okay. And from that point, we were off and running. Wow. That's, that's how I became a social worker slash uh, executive director of a you know grassroots nonprofit. Nonprofit and is that yeah. uh, is that nonprofit? It is still going. Has it grown yes. as well as the pizza place? Yeah. The nonprofit has oh. grown as well. Oh, yes, yeah. It's uh, you know we <laughs> our a- annual budget is around a hundred thousand. Uh, we usually hit that yep. budget, um, and then uh, you know my joke to everyone when I speak is is something like you know I, I prayed for many years to do God's work you know on a daily basis, and what I should have and that prayer was answered. Well, what I should have done was pray that prayer and a salary to go along with it because I'd forgot about that part. And anybody that's been in ministry and or nonprofit world, you know that money is incredibly tight. And typically, if someone didn't get paid, it's usually you. Well, that's right. It's usually the founder or the CEO. uh, Off the top of your head, do you know uh, how how many pairs of socks do you give away nowadays? If you gave away 500 way back in the day, what happens nowadays? Well, we're um, probably close to 15,000 that we've given away. Uh, <laughs> and we concentrate primarily on things like, first of all, homeless, um, you know, homeless missions are yes. like the number one 
needed thing is is clean socks. And so we will get a call from time to time saying, hey, I need I 500 pair. So we usually have, eh, it's about a thousand like in storage at any given time. Okay. Um, and then, okay. so we're up around 15,000 wow. um, total since then. And we actually got the idea from a little girl uh, in Dayton, Ohio, who, um, you know, she was four years old and uh, on Thanksgiving uh, Eve, she was there with her mom and dad, and she noticed that the homeless guys, a lot of them didn't have socks on. And so she hmm. set her little four-year-old self down and took off her socks <laughs> and gave them to oh um, to one of the homeless guys. And yeah. uh, so she had been doing that and encouraged others to do it as well. And I came across that little story, and and with her blessing, that's how we, we started Cleaning Socks Hope. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so... Funny how uh, God 07. works. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't get through little children a lot yeah, of times. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, 07, an homage to your father, mm-hmm. a, a little girl in her heart and her yep. concern. Uh, and, and really, you're not a, uh, on the clean socks hope side. You're not a, a direct service provider. You're actually servicing other nonprofits. Is that accurate? Well, yeah. Well, that was originally yes uh we do you know we we became more than that but yeah that original thing was you know it, it's weird and i don't know why this is and maybe this is a church thing i don't know but uh it's like when you try to partner with folks it's like you're doing espionage or something they get real <laughs> defensive i mean as a as a pastor you know this I know. you know if you really uh, this. yeah so if you well if you want to get a bunch of pastors together they're real apprehensive like what is what's going on here you know you, uh, 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 yeah, yeah so there's that what do you really want right you're talking yeah, about well, clean socks but what uh-huh. do you really want yeah yep. so so it was tough in those early wow, days so, oh, i bet well oh seven uh did, had you left the franchise behind, or you were yeah. still uh, working for? Don- yeah, okay, you had. Yeah, okay. I, I had. Right. Uh, I had about two thousand. Uh, we had uh, basically. I moved back to Louisville. I, my franchise was in Middlesbrough, Kentucky, and um, so we, yeah, okay. we moved back. And um, yeah, you know, I, I've actually had like three careers in my life, but um, <laughs> so in between that, I was I worked for a bank, and uh, we was a paralegal or not a paralegal, but I was in charge okay. of a group of paralegals. So, um, anyway, okay. and then we got okay. back to, so, yeah, so you had a marketplace part. career going on and yeah, yeah. franchise and, uh, some paralegal work. And now, yep. now here's this, uh, nonprofit thing. Uh, personal, I appreciate you telling us that personal story about your dad and, and then, uh, whatever that was catalyzed by that uh, little girl. And at some point, I guess you got tired of not making a salary. I don't know. Yeah. And you thought you'd do a Friday night instead of a fish fry. You thought you'd make some pizza since you knew yep. something about the pizza business. Yep. Okay. And what yep. year was that? Do you can you remember what year that yeah, was? Uh, like we, it, we were, um, incredibly blessed for five years. We had our offices, uh, in, what was called Northside on Oak. Um, and basically I was a, I ran it as a volunteer. Um, and that became sort of a, an outpost for, uh, the homeless. And we had a little coffee area in there and folks could come in out of the okay. weather, that kind of stuff. And yeah. so we really, okay. uh, we really took sort of Bob Lupton's, um, heart mm-hmm. and, uh, we, we weren't mm-hmm. given stuff away. We had to have a, 
you know, we had to have some type of relationship with you. And so we did that for about five years. And then um, at that point, um, I kiddingly say to everyone, we got booted out. We didn't really, but um, they Mm -hmm. had different plans for the building and that kind of stuff. And so Mm -hmm. we had to find a place. Mm -hmm. So about 2016, um, you know, I was driving around and and looking and there's a condemned at that time just about uh, factory, which has got a great backstory as well, uh, that mm-hmm. had for lease signs up. And so that's where I went in okay. and uh, me and, and one other person and we uh, stumbled across that uh, that little pizza oven. And um, so I met with the, the owner and I said, look, <laughs> you know, we're a nonprofit. This is what we do. Um, he happened to be a believer, which helped. And I, he's, okay. he was asking as about two or 3,000 a, a month for that spot. I said, there's no way that we can do that. We have no money. Um, and he said, well, what do you think you can do? And I'm, I'm thinking off the top of my head, you know, I was trying to uh, sort of channel my inner dad there. And I said, I don't know, 300 a month. And he said, could you do five? And I said, well, we'll try. And he said, okay. And we shook hands and that's how that went. So I had wow. to come up with 500 bucks a month and we were able to. So. <laughs> wow. And, yeah. and, did the, and, and did the pizza co- oven come with, was it in yeah. the building? Yep. Yep. It was. Yeah, it, was, it, was uh, it was Okay. It was on a pallet in the dark. When we looked at the, what it was, was Robinson Nugent, I'll just give you a little background, was this huge factory. And in the late 70s and 80s, they were the ones that first pioneered um, uh, transistors for computers. Uh, and it's not okay. specifically for like in-home computers. It was for computerized stuff during that time that might run machinery or that kind of stuff. Well, they were oh, okay. they were huge, and so um, in the '80s, sometime uh, they were bought and sold, and now they're you know some other big huge company. But uh, it's kind of like IBM story, you know, but on a local level, they they became big <laughs> and and rich, and um, ended up moving the. Mm the factory somewhere else so anyway uh, back back to that story and then we had the th- that room had not been there hadn't been anybody in it in 10 years 10 years and, well, yeah and so it was full of dust that kind of stuff and we looked at it with no heat no electricity you know so we literally and i'm not exaggerating we stumbled across this little piece of it and the most that we could do was four uh, medium pizzas or two large at a time <laughs> So it was a little bitty guy, but it was a Baker's Pride, which was a really good pizza. And so like you do when you, when you have a nonprofit, you barter. So we called this electrician group and said, Hey, uh, I need you to come hook this bad boy up. And, um, so they did. And, uh, we, you know, gave them some parting gifts, not much money. And, uh, we were off and running. How so, about that? Okay. Yeah, so, isn't that crazy? So you're doing a Friday night thing. It grows yep. to a day. Uh, and I want to, we're here a little bit later, so I want to hear the story. I know you're even talking now about a second location. We'll hear about that yep. before we're done. Yep. Uh, so here, here, so so we're about six years later from stumbling mm-hmm. into the pizza oven and mm-hmm. uh, needing to make some money uh, to pay the rent and maybe even to pay yourself a little bit of a salary, although you're probably the last one still that gets paid. Yeah, uh, but but that was the idea. And uh, give me then. Uh, here's what I want you to do. tell me what the pizza place has turned into for your community. Okay, 
And then I want to transition a little bit and talk about some of the nuts and bolts of putting together a business. But what what has now happened to this little bitty pizza oven that can only make two large pizzas? Uh, what has happened for the community in terms of the pizza place? Not the clean socks, right. but the pizza place. Well, that's a wild story in its own right. Uh, we, yeah, A Street Pizza, uh, has become a phen- phenomenon. I was uh, interviewed by uh, a, a friend on their one of the church podcasts, and I explained to him. I said, "Well, I'll be honest with you, A Street Pizza, uh, which is it's not a good analogy, but I'll use it anyway. It's kind of like Margaritaville. It's kind mm-hmm. of a state of mind, and so you know, we are actually <laughs> a." Yeah, it's a fast casual hybrid restaurant um, and social cafe with a conscious. That's how we pitch it. And so you um, might have uh, now it. I, I referred to it uh, on the podcast, you know, as being the uh, um, well, this CSR, uh, the corporate social responsibility model, is really what it is. Um, okay. And so what that means <laughs> is. Uh, we have this pay it forward attitude. And by that, I mean that okay. like if you or your family, you know, don't have enough money to to get a meal for, you know, for your kids or whatever, someone has already pay it forward uh, or we can provide that right. to you. And so our, our pay it forward can help someone, you know, maybe it's a family that just, you know, or is short on cash that month, or yep. it could be a, a street yep. homeless person. So um, yeah, wow. that's that's really what we have become, and we again we do all this stuff quietly. Like I have, why well, this happened last week? I've had people walk in. I was like, "Well, I never heard of you," and like the joke always is on the ministry side of it. Well, if you've never heard of us, that's a good thing because we're doing it right. Because <laughs> our our idea is to to love on our neighbors, not necessarily you know become this this thing. Now we've been blessed yeah. and. Obviously, you have to have to make payroll and all that stuff. You have to have some yep. serious income. Um, but yep. uh, that, you know, this this corporate social responsibility model, um, you know, it, it's like it's it's very unique. I don't believe. I mean, we we claim this. Uh, there's no other pay it forward. Um, community-minded pizzeria in our metro area, you know, which is over a, a million people. Uh, and yep. so it's it's one of those things. And, and what always tickles me is, like, people will come in, and as they're leaving, they'll say, wow, this is this is really good. Like they expect it was it actually be, good pizza. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Yeah, like they expect it to be Totino's or something, you know, yeah, uh, right, like the 99-cent stuff. And I was like, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah and, gas station pizza or something like right, that, right? right. So, um, you know, it, it has become this beautiful sort of um, community thing. And I think what it means to, wow. to the folks is, for example, any, any, anybody and everybody knows us. Like, and by I mean everyone, I'm, everyone in the underserved community knows me personally or knows our reputation. So they'll come in there. You know, sometimes they're broken. They don't know how to ask. Um, and then sometimes, you know, they're in full-blown full blown addiction and, uh, you know, are yep. really, really in a bad way. And so they know that they can come mm-hmm. there and, and get in and out of the elements, maybe get a drink or maybe get a, you know, a slice or whatever and, 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 and have a friend to, to listen to them. 
Uh, yep. And then on the other wow. side, you know, we have folks, you know, we have churches, like I said, we're kind of in the belt buckle of the Bible belt. Um, and we have folks yep. that, that do, uh, you know, church, like the men's groups will come there. We have fed. We'll meet there. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And then we also were part of the uh, local Emmaus community and we feed in, in oh, jails yeah. and prisons. Yeah. Um, you know, like nice. we call them RECs, Residents Encounter Christ. Certainly, the the actual Emmaus Walk folks like buy from us, um, and so right. you know there is a multitude of of folks that uh, use our our food for one thing or or the other. Where's well, really, are you are you at liberty to say uh, what what's the top line sales for the pizza place, or can you even talk about that? How yeah. would you think? You, about you that? mean. Um, like just top line revenue? sales of just the pizza place, a revenue, just the pizza place. Well, we opened, um, let's see, it was August 1st, 2020, right in the okay. dead middle of the, the pandemic. We could only open at 25% uh, inside. And then mm. what we did was, you know, we, we did uh, uh, carry out or pick up. And uh, we also did okay. uh, um, app delivery. And uh, in it'll be two years this August, and we're close to nine hundred thousand dollars in gross revenue in two years. What? Yeah. What? Okay. Okay. Let me say this back to you. you yeah. You're running a hundred thousand dollar nonprofit that has yeah. birthed a nearly million dollar uh, pizza business. Yeah, in two years, so five hundred thousand each year. In two years. Mm-hmm. So a hundred thousand bucks. In, the, in that neighborhood in order to give away clean socks, which is a wonderful thing. And now you're generating close to a million in two years. Yep. And you become kind of a, a third place, a place to get out of the weather, a place to find a friend, a mm-hmm. place to land for a couple hours, get a slice and have a conversation. Yep. Uh, and you're, uh, I don't know if you're, quote, making money or not, but yeah. you're selling nearly yeah. a million bucks worth of pizza. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's, uh, it's amazing. Wow. And uh, like, and this is uh, as of March of this year. In fact, it was funny. I was I was kind of doing the numbers, uh, getting ready for this. Not necessarily for you guys, but just putting it together. Try to do it quarterly. But we have uh, in uh-huh. those two years, we've served um, over thirty two hundred pay it forward meals. In other words, someone else has uh-huh. paid for those meals. Um, it's impacted over three thousand pay it forward meals. Yep, yeah. we it's impacted. Uh, about 1,700 individuals, eat, you know, like individual folks, um, and the donations on the pay it forward side have been about twenty three thousand dollars. If you were paying that retail, wow! So right, right, right. Wow. I, I think probably you know those listening in, man, maybe they want to try something, regardless of what it is. I think what we have that is is the you know the sort of the caveat to it. Uh, is that we have this community that is incredibly gracious, that love mm. each other. We have a tremendous, I mean, a tremendous restaurant community. Um, it doesn't matter if you're pizza or, you know, the local tavern or whatever. They love, we love each other. We help each other. We do that kind of stuff. Yeah. And um, so I think that's a real big you know, selling point. If you have a community that loves and and really, you know, understands that, you know, not everybody can, you know, buy a new Camaro or whatever. 
um, you know, <laughs> that that's a big deal. And that's been a beautiful thing wow. for us. And then over those, wow. over those, you know, almost two years, uh, our, and, and well, this is, would be two years. Our payroll is around about $225,000. And we try to, um, we try to, to, to put, you know, hire folks from right there in the neighborhood. And that's another beautiful thing that we can do yes. because we can, no we doubt. can, we can, we can hire those folks that, you know, they have to walk. In fact, half of our employees right now have to walk to work because they don't have a vehicle. So, you know, they live that Man. close to us. So, you know, and, and this is that's all so stuff. Good. Yeah. Well, you know, and it's not anything that you can sit down and, and put a, um, uh, you know, like a business plan to, but if you find right. the right, this wasn't place, the master plan uh, six no, years ago, right? No, no. It, you know, we were trying to pay the dang bills. Um, so <laughs> yeah, it was, it, it's been a, a, you know, an amazing uh, ride really. Um, so, Oh man, I love yeah, it. So it's, it's crazy. I love that you were just trying to do a Friday night fish fry except mm-hmm. with pizza just to pay yeah. some nonprofit bills. And now you're sitting on top of a million dollar business that has a not quite a quarter million dollar payroll, half of which are local from an mm-hmm. underserved neighborhood uh, yep. area residents. And then I love what you just said about the restaurant community being for each other. Yeah. Uh, my wife and I actually did have a restaurant. She ran a successful lunch place for about 15, 16 years. And that was one of the surprising highlights was uh, how much the restaurant people were for each other. And yeah. that was great to see. It's, it's, it's part of what I think you called on your website, uh, uh, providing city development. Yes. It, this is not so much economic development, but this is goodwill. Mm-hmm. Uh, this goes to the ethos of a city when people are for each other instead of scrabbling and doggy-dogging on each other. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. That's a great part of the story. Yeah. And All right. Let me throw, okay. let me throw I mean, this. Go if ahead. you don't mind, Please do. I, I have a, a just a nope. very, very quick story. You know, when um, and Louisville was one of them. I mean, uh, when we were going through all of the uh, racial turmoil a year ago, uh, mm. a little over a year ago, Louisville was, you know, right in the heart of that. And, of course, Brianna Taylor was that was yes. one of the three that was was right there in Louisville. Uh, our churches uh, organized a. A support march is, is the best way to put it. But I, you okay. know, they, they asked me to be a part of it. And so okay. my, my reply was like, who is being a part of it? Because I'm not going to get in the middle of if you're anti-police or if you're anti yep. one race to another, any of that kind of stuff. And their heart was, no, we're going to come together uh, as a community. Mm. And so we literally, we mm. marched um, one evening. Uh, we supported them uh, not only with our you know time and effort, food, whatever, but that has been such a tremendous draw to you know the racial component within the city. Uh, certainly, yes. uh, you know all of that stuff, and and what a beautiful thing to happen in the you know and, and you you know by just being an american how i mean we were seeing riots in st louis and in minnesota oh. and louisville oh. i mean it was so it was polarized crazy. yes right. but we were able so to angry, because, so polarized yeah, but we were able to be a part of something that was incredibly peaceful the chief of police marched with us 
half of the you know city council <laughs> did all that kind of stuff i mean this is right. like you know you don't hear those stories right. you certainly hear the bad stuff no but uh that's oh, yeah. that's the community wow. we live in and what a blessing yeah, the immediate uh, community around uh the eighth street eighth street pizza a mixed race mostly black mostly white what, yeah. what kind of neighborhood is it yeah uh our, you know, it's kind of cool in a way because we modeled a lot of our uh, Atlanta st- stuff, you know, what we learned down there uh, in New Albany. Uh, the racial compor- component is uh, very close to what it is in Atlanta with one exception, the, uh, the black and white ratio. It's actually flipped. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are in oh. what they call Midtown. Um, so okay. in New Albany, it's, it's three zones. It's Uptown, Midtown, and Downtown. So obviously okay. downtown is all the businesses, that kind of stuff. And our restaurant yep. is right on the corner of, of Midtown and Uptown, which doesn't mean anything to you okay. other than than what it is, is like in Midtown, when you cross one road to another going to either direction, it's like you've went to a different place. So we, we have the yeah. projects, we have all of that stuff that any city does, however, our location yeah. is in uh, this beautifully renovated, um, very urban, upscale mm-hmm. uh, apartments, uh, mm-hmm. condo place. In fact, we're the retail spot okay. in that. But we're right on the corner okay. of the cusp of, of all the other stuff. So we will yep. see homeless folks equal to uh, folks driving BMWs. You know? So I think for okay. us, it, it's a... It's exactly where we should be, honestly. And we're remodeling the restaurant right now. If if you walked in, it's getting tore all apart because we just can't do the volume, (laughs) which is a great problem to have. But we're in the middle of renovating it. What a great problem to have. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So this this is just fascinating. So let me ask you this. Uh, You were a business guy, but then you, you were a nonprofit guy. As we've talked, we've got some listeners who are wondering uh, we have some uh, guys who have ideas about businesses or they're wondering about maybe getting out of uh, a clergy profession and moving back into a business. What did you run into in terms of uh, does does uh, does the sock nonprofit own 8th Street Pizza? Or yeah. what, talk, talk a little bit about the legal and the ownership and what you learned about setting up this business when you had a nonprofit also. Yeah. Originally, it was just the nonprofit side, and uh, I think I said uh, before that we basically the IRS will allow you to make X amount of money, and then you have to do something yep. with it. You know, so our problem yep. began when when we got all this sort of wordplay and TV play and. People are talking about us on the radio and stuff. Uh, we made that money really fast. In fact, we made it. We we thought we could go the whole year, and then we made it in like five and a half months. So okay, so our, our, our attorney and our counselor calling saying, okay, we mm-hmm. we're we got to do something. And so I said, well, what? How can we do this? And so Diane, our attorney, said, well, uh, and she's an expert. Uh, in nonprofits doing this. So I guess my first recommendation was make sure you hire the right attorney. And then I I shared with you about the accounting (laughs) folks. Um, They Mm -hmm. messed up originally and we had to fire them and and do something else. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, even a good okay. bookkeeper is 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 key. But they need to know the and understand the. Uh, I think Zach brought that up, but they understand the the whole ramifications of nonprofit and for profit. Yes. You know, you can. Yep. Wait, uh, you're not getting really in trouble, but you have to pay those taxes. You know, uh, the That's country right. the IRS gets surly about. You know, they they'll show up at your house. And <laughs> they say, want their hey. money, right? So, so, so were you that, all, that were y'all running into what the accountants call uh, 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 unrelated business income? Is that what y'all were running into? UBI, yes, yes. unrelated yeah. business income. Yeah, we yeah. we touched on this the other day in another podcast, and it's not like you've really messed up. It simply means you need to pay your taxes, right? Yeah, uh, and if you don't if you don't pay your taxes, to your point, the IRS will they will come knocking on your door. Right. So you were making enough money that you were beginning to run into the need to pay taxes, even though yes. you're a nonprofit, right? Because your pizza business was growing. So, so what what happened then? Well, it, you know, and I, I want to clarify here, um, for especially the folks that don't understand that you obviously do. It's okay to pay like uh, you know the nine forty ones, the payroll taxes. That's totally cool, mm-hmm. and you should. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's just throw that mm-hmm. out there. Make sure you pay your payroll taxes. <laughs> but what gets in, in we'll the problem you is the sales tax. Yeah. So, you know, what the problem is is the sales tax and that kind of stuff. And then if, if you start doing volume like we started doing, it's like, okay, well, what the heck's going on? The IRS starts looking at you like, you know, what's happening here? So what we did was, yep. you know, we went to Diane, and she, and she, she, like I said, is an expert in this. And she said, well, we're going we're gonna to form a – uh, LLC, and it'll be a one-member LLC, and I'll be in charge. And so we'll have the um, nonprofit own the for-profit, and it'll just be two different entities. Gotcha. And I think it shows up on the 990s okay. as uh, program service revenue or words to that effect. I'm not an accountant, but it'll okay. be it'll be close to that. Okay. Um, so let me say let me say this back to you because this sure. is a fairly new area for a lot of us listeners. Ran into this with uh, John Dingler the other day as we were talking. So the the basic idea is simply this: uh, a nonprofit can form an LLC and be the only member of that LLC. Yes. You don't start yes. selling shares like some LLCs do. Right. So the nonprofit right. is the owner of the LLC. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. And as far as the government is concerned. It's the LLC is just one of the programs mm-hmm. of the nonprofit. Yep. Does that sound yep. accurate we, to you? Yeah. No. That's that's exactly okay. what it is. And under and on the nine nineties, it'll show up as uh, our. I think the, he calls it uh, the pizza program or something like that. It, okay. So it'll it'll okay. be labeled that way, and so that's just A Street Pizza. Um, so. Those two things, we, we changed that. And then what we did was, very smartly, we closed the, the state accounts, um, the, the sales tax for the nonprofit, and it just moved that into the for-profit. So we're paying our sales tax. Mm-hmm. We're paying you know, uh, all our, our you know, um, payroll taxes, what I'm trying to say. Payroll, um, payroll taxes, Social yeah. Security, all that stuff. Yeah, right? yeah, all that stuff. Uh, which actually it makes it a lot cleaner, to be honest with you. Um, and okay. then okay. we we talked a little bit about, and I think you brought it up. We talked a little bit about it last time uh, that what happens is 
or maybe Zach brought it up. I, I can't remember. One of you guys did, but what we're what you end up mm-hmm. doing is the nonprofit can still apply for grants, that kind of stuff. That stays separate yes. from the pizza part of it. And then, of course, yes. with um, depending on who's in the White House, and I'm saying that uh, yes. with a little bit of sarcasm, um, but depending on who's <laughs> in, in the White House, then we had this tremendous uh, restaurant rescue thing that came through Congress or whatever. Yes. So we sure, were allowed sure. the to money or yes, mm-hmm. all of that. So we were able mm-hmm. to, again, keep that separate. And, that, and that's really the key, Drew. You just have to keep it. Um, you know, you have to have one pile on one side and it's kind of like playing poker. You know, mm-hmm. you're not dipping in somebody else's chips. <laughs> in um, somebody else's keep, stack. Right. Because you'll get smacked if you, if you do that, you know. But, uh, yeah, so, so I, it, I, it's, I it. it's pretty simple black and white mm. stuff. You know, now, I, again, I'm not an accountant, but uh, that's that's basically what it is. You know, I have seen enough P&Ls and, and all that kind of stuff to mm-hmm. understand all this stuff. But, yeah. Well, yeah, uh, that's you how have, we do it. I, I, I'm just I'm just now understanding this idea uh, that a nonprofit can actually own an LLC or, for that matter, a string of LLCs and. From the government, end of, it just looks like the different programs yes. of the nonprofit. And, mm-hmm. and to your point, you make sure you have a good accountant and you keep the piles of poker chips in their right places and you pay Uncle Sam his mm-hmm. uh, his payroll taxes. And now uh, I'm assuming that what happens is if you guys are manage to uh, sell about a million bucks worth of pizza, you make payroll you pay all the payroll taxes. You pay for your light bills and your rent, which I assume is more than five hundred bucks a month now. And you yes, get, you, you get all that paid for. Uh, if there's any profit, it flows back to the nonprofit. Yes, yeah. And okay, uh, so well, well, we do um, two things. We do profit sharing on the for-profit side, so our employees sure. get a benefit. Uh, say yep. we just roll the tips back into their salary. So if they're making twelve right. bucks an hour, they're actually making fifteen because you yep. know of yep. the revenue from that. But yeah, right. uh, then uh, we actually pay a stipend, uh, and really it would show up as a donation. The pizza shop uh-huh. pays it back to the to the charity as a donation. Okay. Uh, okay. And the, so the I see. The, Nonprofit can do scholarships as well as the for-profit can, so okay. we, we can okay. we can benefit folks on either side. Okay, so the the for-profit LLC makes a donation, quote unquote, back to the hold the owner, which is yeah. a nonprofit. Uh, mm-hmm. Employees who need to be incentivized are not incentivized by ownership and equity because that the nonprofit has ownership and equity, but they Correct. can be incentivized through uh, payroll. Mm-hmm. Through Absolutely. whether it's bonuses, whether it's tips that are rolled back in, whether it's yep. a raise, mm-hmm. so you can incentivize your people on the for-profit side. Uh, they just don't have an ownership or equity position because that's owned by the nonprofit. Am I saying all that right? Yeah, absolutely correct. Yes. Okay, because yeah. this this is just a new wrinkle uh, for me as well. So that's I think that's helpful. I hope to our listeners, those of you who have asked about this sort of thing. Uh, you're going. Uh, you'll have some contact info, some websites uh, on how to get a hold of Jeff in the show notes, and uh, I know he'd be happy to talk about these things. Uh, if you are trying to stand up some enterprise yourself or sort out the relationship between a nonprofit and a for-profit idea you have, and this is the segue, uh, Jeff. In one sense, 
they are both, everybody's in business. Some of us just live on one side of the tax line, nonprofits. Others of us live on the other side of the tax line, for-profits. In your case, you're on both sides of the tax line, and you've got a good accountant keeping your nose clean. Yeah. I want to quote you to yourself off your website and get you to talk sure. about this kind of as our last section here. Okay. Uh, so this was a this is a wonderful statement, something I believe and have been trying to uh, both implement and teach myself. But here was the statement from the uh, website from uh, uh, I believe this came off of CleanSocksHope.org. Okay. Uh, you made reference to here's the quote: the God-given power of business to address some of the world's most pressing spiritual, social, environmental, and economic issues. The God-given power of business to address some of the world's most pressing spiritual, social, environmental, and economic issues. Oh my gosh, I wanted to stand up and clap. Unpack that, man. That's a lot of people don't think that's possible. Business is evil. Profit is evil. Uh, If it's not nonprofit, it can't be God's work. It can't be kingdom work unless it's a church or a nonprofit. Why in the world did you put that on your website? What is it that you believe about that? Well, you know, it's, um, I think, I guess I'll back up. For me, what was the turning point was this. Um, I, I read a couple books. Toxic Charity was one of them. Uh, certainly, Alan Hirsch. Anything he reads, Great my book. head, yeah, my my head just hurts. Sure, just thinking about Alan Hirsch, uh, and then Hugh <laughs> right. Halter right. has actually. Actually, has done some stuff for us, yep. and you know, Bivo is a great, yep. great uh, book. If you don't yep. know that, by Hugh Halter, uh, and basically, with yep. he, he talks yep. about being a pastor and a painter. Um, but uh, yep. so those things <laughs> impacted me. And then, uh, on a side note, then it was when helping hurts uh, Brian Ficker and yep. those guys. Um, so anyway, those, Big fan those, of books, those guys, yep, yeah. So that was what kind of started me on that. Now that that quote. Actually, uh, my pastor friend, Mike Donahue, um, and I, he, he's a, a real clear thinker, and he'll throw out stuff that, like, if I lived a thousand years, I'd never think of. Uh, right. And so that's, that's, you know, I mean, I don't know where he gets that stuff. It just comes in his head. But um, so anyway, we, we have talked at detail. And he he kind of disagrees with the, the for-profit stuff because it's scary um, and can get yep. – you know, cloudy, which I, I totally get, you know. Um, well, it's so, often abused. It is often abused. That's yeah, true. It, it is. I mean, you know, the, our church world, as much as we love it and as much as we are uh, a part of it, um, you know, is under under the gun right now. So anyway, let me get back to actually answering your question. Um, so <laughs> I, I, just be- I just believe that, um, you, you know, and I think, gosh, I guess it was Anna. I don't know what it was, but she threw out this this idea that um, I think she said that, you know, for the last two years, she couldn't hardly even go to church or something yes. worse to that effect. Well, because we work in the underserved well, community, there are m- we, many people feeling that. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's, um, you know, and it's of biblical proportion, I'm afraid, um, you know, <laughs> so we haven't talked Yep. Bible a lot here, and that's not what we're here for, but, you know, it's, I mean, I think that's Bible all day long. So, you know, I, right. I began to understand that through these guys and that really uh, the people that we were, you know, working with and, and trying to 
ministered to would never go to church, would never be a part of that. And and here's here's the absolute truth, Drew, that if you're in America, now this is not this is also true, uh, you know, as, as a missionary like in India or whatever. Mm-hmm. But in America, it's mm-hmm. very prevalent. You have to make a decision in a nanosecond about a potential person that you meet. Uh, you're, you're dealing mm-hmm. with poverty. You're dealing with uh, sobriety. You're dealing with mm-hmm. drug abuse. You're dealing with um, mental illness. Race. You're de- yeah, race. Um, all mm-hmm. this stuff. Um, you, you know, one of the stories from my past was when we went to on that five-year run there were volunteers that came and went when we first moved into midtown that never saw another human being other than us for 18 months Mm. before the first community member broke our doors you know came in and say what the heck is this all about now the funny part of that story he was mentally ill but he knew everyone so he became our man of peace and before okay. you know it, that place was, you know, brimming with people. So that he was, was God's word. Oh, yeah. He just would tell everybody, you got to go down here. They got free coffee. You can take showers and all this stuff. So that, it blew up on us. So anyway, I think from, from learning that, I, th- I think that really, you know, I mean, the guys down in Tampa, they've got it going on. They understand this. But, yep. you know, a lot of times our yep. big churches, our little churches or whatever, the ministry that they're called to is about a block outside their door and they don't ever see them. So that was really the heart behind the quote because it's absolutely true. I can get people and talk to people in our pizza shop about God and I couldn't, you know, I'd have to hog time and drag them into the church to do the same thing, you know. And I'm not being dramatic. To sit through a sermon or sit in a Sunday school yes, class. Right, right. right. You know, people, you know, if they were even welcome. And that's a sad thing, too. So what, what I mean by that. that's another issue, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, sure is. So what I mean by that is, is like, you know, the gospel is, is the gospel. And obviously that's why I took the, you know, the, the webinar. And if you get a hold of it mm-hmm. or it gets a hold of you, you, you know, you, it changes you. And so that. Mm-hmm. That came literally from from that, you know, and that's probably a compilation of, you know, I probably ripped off um, Alan and Hugh and and Bob and a bunch of other people, but that was <laughs> that was how I felt, you know. That is the absolute right. truth, though, isn't it? Um, wow. That we have to. It know, is. Have to do it, that. It's, a, it's a growing conviction of mine. Yep. Yeah, I mean that's a Paul thing, yep. right? I, I like started a, saying from the Paul. pulpit. Uh, I, like like that that Paul. I, Oh, I found myself saying stuff in sermons. I didn't really intend to say them. But I started saying things like the future of yeah. the Christian movement is mm-hmm. not the church office. It's the business office. Absolutely. And I believed yes. it. I just didn't understand all the implications of that. And uh, But uh, increasingly, a lot of people, men and women, are seeing the opportunity that, that you've stumbled into, that the Lord led you into, mm-hmm. uh, selling pizza yeah. to make a few bucks for a nonprofit, and now... I just love this, that a $100,000 nonprofit is hosting and owning a million-dollar for-profit mm-hmm. business and doing real genuine good yeah. uh, in an underserved area for underserved people. I mean, that's just yeah. a remarkable story, Jeff. It's yeah. wonderful. Yeah, and, you know, it's interesting. Well, people you, will say, like, <laughs> they'll ask, like, why are you doing this? 
you know, and then that's that's your end, right? It's like, well, you know, there was this <laughs> there was this thing that happened to me, and it changed my life. And his name is Jesus. And well, let me let me tell you that story. Yeah. And uh, so we're all, you know the reason I, for the hope that is within you. Yeah, and uh, it's it's crazy, you know. Sometimes you know people will be offended because, so you know, I I will be brutally honest that you know if they get upset because say there's a homeless person there or whatever you know i will say look hey we want them here we don't care if you you're here or not now i usually soft soap <laughs> it a little bit but you know what i mean i mean like our, our mission is not it's sure. not about the food it's about being you know served yep. and, and you know it is about the food just not like pizza is not what i'm talking about it's about the the service of well, you of, just triggered a, uh, maybe maybe the last question we have time for. But uh, my wife and I have this conviction, as many people do, uh, around how sacred table time is. Oh yeah, there's something deeply, there's something intimate about sharing food yeah. around a table. Of course, Jesus spent tons of time around tables, yeah. and of course, in order to remember him, he gave us a meal, the Lord's what we call now the Lord's Supper or Eucharist. Uh, just what's your what's your take on that? What happens around the table that doesn't happen right. very many other places in our lives? What is that? Well, this is a godly segue, so I'm going to give you props on that. Um, in our renovation and our remodel <laughs> right now, we are adding two tables: one on the outside and one on the inside that seats about twenty to twenty-two people, and that will be the majority of our seating in the in the new remodel so that's what i think about it there is no greater there is no greater social community thing than sitting down at a table with others and whether you're having a beer or a soft drink or water and eating a slice or whatever you're doing uh and that attracts people and like you know, that's just is what it is. So that's exactly what I think. And when we were at the other place, it's nice. funny that you said that we would we would host what we called Mercy Street. And Mercy Street was this little program that basically a a former drug addict who who had found Jesus would come in and testify. But we'd mm -hmm. have a meal, and we always mm -hmm. did it that way. We the, our tables were 25, 40 foot long sometimes, and we all sat around that same wow. table. So, yeah, that's huge for us, great. and that will be uh, yeah, a huge great. thing for, for the restaurant. You know, I've always loved it from Genesis that uh, when God made us, he created us hungry. Yeah. Uh, the, those opening, especially in Genesis chapter 2, it's about food and provision because he created us good. In fact, he called it all very good, and we were hungry right off the bat. Yeah. Yes. So there's something about food and our creator and intimacy and fellowship human to human and human to God that happens around a table. Uh, that is yep. great. Well, okay. Now, I will get away. I understand right uh, before we started recording today, you mentioned you may be looking at a second location. Is that right? Yeah. Um, and a beautiful God thing. Our second location looks like it's going to be, we, we have a friend over in Louisville, uh, and they are doing the same kind of stuff that we are, um, Sean Arvin and his wife, Inga, and um, he pitched me this idea. He has a barbecue joint, uh, and they're mm -hmm. moving it to a new location, and he wants to do a co-op. In other words, he wants A Street Pizza, and uh, they call it Porklin, like pork, 
And um, okay. so we're going to hopefully, if we can get the ins and outs uh, like worked out, we're going to mm-hmm. do a joint venture, which is really what we're kind of pitching anyway. Uh, we're doing the, the whole A Street pizza that. with a church or whatever, but that's that's what we're shooting for. And that, again, is right in the middle of a food desert. It's right in the middle of a uh-huh. very distressed area. Uh, but he has done nice. marvelous things over there. And so uh, I said, hey, I'm in. You know, Let me sell it to, to Shell, my wife, and if, if she green lights it, we're in, you know. Um, <laughs> So yeah, that's Smart that's a, the exciting yeah. Um, so we hope that's going to happen, and uh, uh, that actually was he was meeting with uh, the lady that, that wants to rent it like yesterday. So I, I haven't heard from him. How but, about that? So, yeah, man. Well, b- blessings on that. I love that. You're, I love that you're in uh, food deserts. You're on the edge or in the middle of uh, marginal areas that need help yep. and service. Uh, yep. Creating some community. Uh, it's encouraging to hear how uh, other restaurateurs are pulling for each other and for the city, yes. the peace march that you did. Yep. Uh, I think you've come a long way from uh, handing out socks as an homage yep. to your father. I think he would, yep. I think he'd be proud as of what has developed here. Yeah. It's wonderful to hear. Let's, let's, let's do this. Uh, thank you so much. This, this is a delight for me. You made my whole day uh, hearing this story. Uh, uh, in the show notes uh, to our listeners, uh, cleansockshope.org, uh, 8thstreetpizza.net, 8 with the numeral 8, 8thstreetpizza.net, uh, New Albany, Indiana. You can find these guys. Reach out to Jeff, Jeff Minton. Uh, if you need more information, nuts and bolts. If you need tips on making a great pie, I'm sure he might share some of his secrets about that, yep. or maybe not all of them. That's up to him. Yep. But, but reach out to him. And Jeff, I just enjoy getting to know you through the uh, a podcast, the webinar interactions. Uh, this today is a wonderful uh, kingdom story. Uh, just uh, I love what you're doing. I hope it just grows. I hope it, I hope they, they on the t- on the for-profit tax side, man, I hope you have so many problems when what to do with all that money you guys are making. I think that'd be great. Yeah, yeah we appreciate it, Drew. I mean, it's been an honor and, and we have learned so much and still have so much to learn so thank you and thanks andrea for you helping bet. us out <laughs> yep 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 she's she's the bomb and uh yeah. we're going to sign off uh to all of our listeners thanks for joining us again check out the show notes and uh much love from the beautiful and believable podcast bye 